Many of you know this about me. You can probably tell by what I'm wearing. Uh, I absolutely love Christmas. Like Christmas is hands down my favorite, favorite, favorite time of year. Man, I love, I love the taste of eggnog, right? Gross. You're gross. Okay, I love the taste. I love the taste of eggnog. I love the smell of a Christmas tree. Um, I love the taste of Christmas cookies. I love like every single Christmas song ever made. I'm telling you, I'm all about everything Christmas. I love Christmas lights uh, on trees, Christmas lights on houses. In fact, some of you have seen this. This is a picture um, from our new house right now. Uh, this is our little setup that we've got. Pretty awesome. Uh, I, got a, I got a fat Christmas tree. You know what I'm saying? Look at that thing. That thing is, it's been, it's been, it's been eating a lot of uh, Santa's Christmas cookies right there. I love it. Uh, we got the, we got the fire going, got the stockings, got the candles, got the presents, everything Christmas. I love Christmas. And, um, I think, I think my love for Christmas started when I was a kid. Uh, that's usually where it starts with most people. Um, every single year, I, I just, I looked forward to Christmas more than any other time of the year. Uh, and my family had this crazy rule. I don't know if your family uh, has done this, but this is the rule that we had. And the rule was, you can't do anything Christmassy before Thanksgiving. Does anyone else, parents are like, nope, we're not going to sing any Christmas carols. We're not going to do any decorating. There's no Christmas tree. There's nothing until after, after Thanksgiving. And so like every year, I was always pumped up about Christmas, but we couldn't do anything Christmassy until after Thanksgiving. And so anytime we walked into Walmart after, um, after you know, uh, uh, Halloween, then I'd always have to like block my ears because you couldn't do anything Christmassy. And that was the rule. Um, and so as a kid, you know, I, again, I looked forward to Christmas, but I, but I followed the rule. And I remember being like seven years old. I was seven years old, and uh, I, it, was, it was the day, the day after Thanksgiving, and I woke up, woke up before anyone else was up, and I immediately got all the Christmas decorations down. Um, I got, like, all the lights, all the garland, all the everything, and I went Christmas crazy, and I just started decorating the entire house as a little seven-year-old, just went crazy. Anything Christmassy I could find, I was hanging on the wall, had all the Christmas lights, I was listening to Christmas music before my family ever got up, so by the time they got up, the entire house was decorated. But it looked, it looked really awkward because I'm seven years old. So it was like the bottom half of our house was decorated, you know, and then everything up top was all bare. Uh, but man, I love, I love Christmas and I uh, look forward to it every year. And another thing that I always looked forward to, uh, obviously, I'm sure this is the same way it is for you, were the gifts. Right? Like, like the gifts under the Christmas tree. We, like me, I had, I had two older brothers, and we would always look at these gifts under the tree. And I don't want to say that we were like Sherlock Holmes, but I'm telling you, we had unbelievable detective skills for our age. And so simply based on the shake of a present, all right, based on the weight of a present, based on the shape and size of a present, uh, it was almost like I had x-ray vision. And I could tell you what was inside every single gift because I started doing, doing all the math in my head. And I was like, I think I asked for this. And it kind of looks like this. And it feels like it's that heavy. Uh, and so my brothers and I would always try to guess what the presents were. And I remember one night, it was, uh, it was Christmas Eve, right? Christmas Eve. And I'm laying in bed and I'm trying to go to sleep. Which is impossible, by the way, you know, when you're a kid, like, like, like when you're a kid and your parents tell you on Christmas Eve to go to sleep, it's just like, 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 like that's impossible. Like, that's like asking, uh, it's like asking the Robertsons to stop shooting ducks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just ain't going to happen. Okay. Not going to happen. And so like, I'm, I'm wide awake in bed. I'm supposed to go to bed. But again, I'm just so pumped up, so pumped up about Christmas. And then I see my dad walk by the room. And uh, he, you know, we kind of catch eyes and he says, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, I've, got, I've got one more gift. You want to see it? And of, 
again, as a kid, I'm like, obviously I want to see this gift. Like, I'm so pumped. And so then he pulls out what I think to this day is the largest Christmas present I've ever seen. I'm telling you, this thing was massive. I still see it. It was like, it was like gold wrapping. Maybe that's in my head. But like, to me, it was gold wrapping paper. And I was like, what on earth is it? And again, when you're a kid, everything looks bigger. And so from my perspective, it was like twice the size of my body. You know, I'm like, I could fit in that gift. This thing looks amazing. And so I'm so pumped about it. My jaw hits the floor. I'm like, this is amazing. And he looks at me and he's got this big grin on his face. He says, it's for you. I was like, it's for me. And I start freaking out. And then, and then, and then he asked me one more question. And he says, do you think you know what it is? And at that point, all my, like, all my detective skills went out the window. I was like, I, 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 I was just overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed because it was the night before Christmas, and all of a sudden he unloads this giant gift on me. I have no idea what to think about it. I was blown away. And then, of course, that brings us to Christmas morning. I love, love Christmas morning. Uh, by the way, Christmas morning, I don't know if you've, if you've kind of noticed this. Christmas morning is the one morning where it's not difficult to get your kids out of bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, kids are wide awake. And I've noticed this too, parents. I'm on to you, okay? I'm on to you. It's the one morning where your parents are difficult to wake up. You know what I'm saying? It's the one morning that kids are like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And parents are like, nah, just like. 10 more minutes. It's like, mom and dad, what are you doing? Like, come on, it's Christmas. So of course, like every Christmas morning, my brothers and I, we'd be up at like five or five 30 and we'd start banging on the door. We're like, mom and dad, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Come on, come on, come on. It's Christmas. We want to see the gifts. We want to open up the gifts. And the deal was, the deal was we could not go into the family room until my parents went in there first. Okay, that was the rule. That was the rule. And so, of course, we're trying to, like, drag them out of bed so we can see what gifts we actually got. But the rule was we couldn't do that before my dad actually went in there. And here's why. It's because my dad had this, like, camcorder, um, which is, it's like the video app on your iPhone, but it was just its own thing. Okay, so it was like a massive, like, TV news camera. And, uh, and, and he always had to go in there first because he wanted to get our reactions on film. He wanted to see what it looked like when we walked in on Christmas morning and our faces lit up. He wanted to see our faces when we opened up the gifts and we started smiling. And so because of that, the rule was he had to lead the way. And so again, we're like, you know, we're begging mom and dad. And then finally, we're like, I mean, we are like shoulder to shoulder, like just trying to push him into the room so that he can be the first one. And then once he gets in there and gets all set up, then we flood into the room and we start opening gifts. Love Christmas, man. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I absolutely love Christmas. And so every single Christmas, every year, when I start smelling a Christmas tree, when I start drinking eggnog, when I start hearing Christmas carols, all these memories of Christmas past start flooding in. And I start thinking about all the wonderful Christmases I spent with my family. It was awesome. And, and, and although I like the gifts, like, don't get me wrong, I'm all about the presents. For me, Chris, uh, uh, Christmas... Christmas has never been about the presents. It's not really been about that either. Um, <laughs> Christmas has never really been about the presents. For me, Christmas, Christmas has always been about the love of my father. For me, Christmas has always been about this because I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> like based on the way that he acts around Christmas, I think, I think Christmas is his favorite time of year too. Because it's like Christmas is the chance that he gets to give even more of himself away. See, Christmas has always, always been about the love of a father. And for some of you, you might be listening and you're like, that's great, Steve. 
Like, that's wonderful that you and your family are, are so close. But if you knew my dad, you would know that that's not the story for us. That's not the way Christmas goes for us. In fact, I don't even know my dad because my dad is absent or my dad is abusive or my dad's an alcoholic or my dad just doesn't really care or my dad cares more about his other family than he does about our family or my dad cares more about work than he does about us. So Steve, that's great that for you, Christmas is all about the love of a father, but that's just not the way it is for me. But here's what I think. I think, I think even for you, even for you, Christmas is still about the love of a father. It's just, it's just not about the love of your earthly father. See, see, I think Christmas is about the love of your heavenly father. <laughs> because, because your heavenly father waited a long time to get you his biggest gift. And then, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I think Christmas is his favorite time of year. Because Christmas is when he gave even more of himself away to you. And here's the story. And many of you already know this, but, but here's the story of the very first Christmas showing the love of a father. It starts off in Luke chapter 2. It says, when Mary and Joseph, the parents of Jesus, were in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. And this was God's gift to us, the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the, out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they, of course, were terrified. And so this is what happened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Look, I know you're nervous. I know this is weird. And the glory of the Lord is shining around you. But don't be afraid because it's not bad news. It's good news. See, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And here's why. Because today, in the town of David, a Savior, a Savior has been born to you. To you. And to you. And he is the Messiah, the Lord. And usually this is where like the Christmas story ends. You know, we hear about the birth of Jesus and it's like, man, that's a, that's a pretty cool gift. Um, you know, I guess that, that's, that's neat that God came in the form of a little baby and was born. Like, that's awesome. But see, I don't think, see, I don't think that's the end of the story. In fact, I know that's not the end of the story. And I don't think it's the end of the gift either. I think ending it here is a lot like halfway unwrapping a Christmas gift without fully getting what the Christmas gift is all about. Because see, to understand the birth of Jesus, you have to understand the death of Jesus. Because, because Jesus didn't come to live for you. See, Jesus came to die for you. And 33 years after he was born in this manger, which is like a feeding trough for animals, he's, he, he, he's born in the lowest possible place you could be born. And 33 years later, something terrible happens. And here it is later on in Luke. He records with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that Jesus, this little baby, this gift, be crucified, murdered, falsely accused, and their shouts prevailed. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, 
They crucified Jesus there along with the other criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And then Jesus said, Father, gosh, that's so huge. He said, Father, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And then Jesus called out with a loud voice and said again, Father, Dad, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. And so here we go. We've got the son of God, like God with human flesh. God moved into the neighborhood and he was born this tiny little baby. And we celebrate that at Christmas. And then 33 years later, the end of an incredible story is tragic because Jesus, God in human flesh is crucified, killed for you and for me. That's still not the end of the story. And see, all the disciples thought it was the end of the story. They'd heard about his birth. He did a lot of incredible things when he was walking around here on planet Earth. But they saw with their own eyes Jesus crucified. In fact, Luke, the guy that recorded this, here's what he saw. He saw the fact that the, uh, the soldiers grabbed a spear and they pierced his side. And Luke was a doctor. And when they pierced his side, he saw that the blood and water had separated, meaning his heart had given out. That according to all medical research, Jesus was dead. And that's what all of his followers believed. And they walked away sad because the end of an incredible life was a tragic, tragic death. But, but that was not the end either. See, three days later, this is, this is what Luke says. On the first day of the week, just a few days after Jesus was crucified, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. See, see, Jesus was dishonored in his death, but these women wanted to make sure that he was honored in his burial. And so they took spices to the tomb. And they found the stone that was placed in front of the tomb and it was rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And then... While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living <laughs> among the dead? In other words, I think you're confused. I think that you think that Jesus is dead, but that's not the end of the story. <laughs> no, no, no. He goes on. And he says, he is not here. He is risen. He is risen. See, you thought the end of the story was that Jesus was dead, but that is not the end of the story. No, 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 because see, God came and he lived among us, but he did not stay dead. No, God raised him from the dead. And this is the full picture of the biggest gift that any father has ever given. And see, that's why I think Christmas, Christmas has always been about the love of a father. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter how much of a deadbeat dad you have, Christmas has always been about the love of a father. For you, it may not be the love of your earthly father, but I promise you this, Christmas has always been about the love of your heavenly father. And that's why the, uh, the guy that was the closest to Jesus, 
a follower by the name of John. See, when he started thinking about the love of God, he was overwhelmed by it. And in his best attempt, he tried to sum up how much God actually loved you. And this is what he said. And you've probably seen this before. It's probably not a surprise to you. But John actually records this. It says, for God so loved the love of a father. He so loved the world that he gave a gift. And the gift for you is his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In other words, here's, here's, here's kind of the way that I want to put it. For your father, your father so loved you that he gave Jesus to die for you. That was his gift. So that if you trust in him, you will spend forever with him. See, because Christmas has always been about the love of a father. And it's almost like Jesus has walked by your room and you're trying to, you're trying to get some rest. And God, your heavenly father says, hey, <laughs> I got one more gift for you. It's the biggest one I've got. It's my only son. And I want to I give him to you. To you. Because of how much I love you. Christmas has always been about the love of a father. And this promise is true. That if you trust in the love of that father, you'll spend forever with him. And I know that there's many of you in this room that you've already made that decision. You've already trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. You've already committed to following after him. But I also know that there's some of you in this room. There's some of you in the room that you've never done this before. And maybe for you it was because of your earthly dad. And you thought, if my heavenly father is anything like my earthly dad, I want to have nothing to do with him. And what I'm saying today is that your heavenly father is not like your earthly dad. No matter how bad or how good he is, he is better. And he loves you so much that he gave Jesus for you. And so, and so for you, if you've never made the decision to trust Jesus as your Savior, and maybe today for you it's starting to click, it's starting to make sense, then I want to give you a moment to do that. I want to, I want to give you a moment if you've never said yes to Jesus to accept him as your savior. So here's what I ask for us to do just right now. If you guys could just close your eyes and bow your heads. No one looking around. We're just... I, I know that for some of you, the love of God has never really made sense to you. And today it clicked. Today you understood that your heavenly father loved you so much that he gave. And what he gave is a gift unlike any gift that's ever been given. And your heavenly father gave Jesus to die for you. And when Jesus died for you, he took on the full penalty of your sin to rescue you. And maybe for you, today is the day that that actually made sense. And if that's you, if that's you, then I want to lead you in a prayer. So I want to pray this and... And if you know today is the day that you need to say yes to Jesus, I just want you to repeat in your head this prayer after me. God, my heavenly father, 
my dad who is nothing like my earthly dad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've ignored you. I'm sorry that I've turned away from you. But I now believe that Jesus is your son. And I believe that Jesus died for me. And so now I want to trust him for the rest of my life. God, I commit to following you no matter what the cost. 